This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homestel Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homestel Radio Preview Podcast, episode 27, or if you will, our third edition of a joint review preview show. I am your host, Terence Ford of RedandBlueArmy.co.uk, and I am here along with Nick Philpott, Tim Warren, and Albert Curley to relive our incredible performance on Monday night against Arsenal, and also to look forward to the visit of the champions of England, Leicester City to Sellers Park. There is no opposition view this week, as we are recording as Leicester City are playing against Atletico Madrid can't believe they didn't want to join us instead of watching that. <laughs> but instead, Arsenal fan Kenny Ken will return to give his view on Monday night's massacre under the lights. Before all of that, remember to head over to hrlradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Yes, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and um, welcome to. We're only with Nick and um, Tim at the moment. Hello, guys. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, we'll be joined by Albert shortly um, for the review section of the show. He's just his boss has kept him late at work, bless him. So um, he's a little bit behind. Um, a few things to touch on before we get tucked into our feast of stuff tonight. Um, the Palace, uh, the Palace for Life Foundation events was held last night. Uh, we was there, weren't we, Nick? Me, you, and Hambo. Yeah, I saw us both on Sky News tonight. <laughs> were we really on Sky News? Oh, yes, there we you were. go. And um, this is the previous Palace Foundation just relaunching itself. Um, as Steve Parrish said, giving it a bit of oxygen to um, just show that the good work that the club do in the community and um, talked about how 48% of the funding comes from the Premier League, which is obviously a long-term risk if we were ever to get relegated. And only 2% funding comes from just 
general fundraising so they're trying to sort out more fundraising events uh, so look out on our socials we will plug all the links to that and um, get involved where you can uh, I do believe in October there's going to be a sponsored marathon walk from Sellers Park to Westminster which is going to be led by Andy Johnson so that's something to get involved in in the future and look out for all the great work that they do um, Tim you're rather quiet in the background how are you yeah very good thanks how are you not too bad. Um, Joel Wald made his 300th uh, professional appearance on Monday night. Um, how, how are you feeling about Joel Wald at the moment? Well, also, another interesting stat. I think he's the only Palace player that's ever present this season as well, which did surprise he is me. Indeed. He is um, indeed. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I thought he had a really good game um, against Arsenal. Um, we'll probably come to that in a bit. But if you, if you mean how do I feel about his season so far, I think probably disappointing is probably the word at the moment. But... Like I say, on a positive note, he did play well against Arsenal. Yeah, I think it's definitely sort of getting back to defending like we did under Pulis a bit suits Joel Ward, I think. And, um, you know, it can have occasional forays forward and he looks all right. But um, defending as a more narrow fullback definitely suits him. Um, another bit of admin, I suppose, we should go through is Hull's been moved to Sunday, May the 14th to put Palace on TV. Uh, that will be, I think, a tw- is it a 12 or a 12.30 kickoff on the Sunday, guys? I think it's a 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Um, and that will mean that Palace are on TV for five consecutive games. Um, nice little bit of extra money in the coffers there to pay for Mamadou Saka <laughs> at the end of the season, <laughs> we can all hope. So um, has that ruined anyone's plans to Sunday? No, not really. It's, uh, if you think about a couple of the shows that we've done recently, you and I, Terence, I actually mm. said at the time that I think the Hull game will be the pivotal game in, in both of our seasons. It will be the game where one of us gets relegated. Well, after our two bonus wins of recently, <laughs> uh, I, I honestly think it could be us that's sending Hull down. Yeah, it's quite amazing, Tim, isn't it? If you look at the, the Chelsea win and the Arsenal win, take those six points away, we're in the relegation zone. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, I know you call them bonus games, but it turns out probably not actually bonus games in the end because, like you say, without those, we're uh, it's desperate times. Mm, it certainly is. And um, I guess I will say it, a lot of credit has got to go to Sam and Adice for the way he's got come in and got everyone organised <laughs> with his coaching staff. Um, I did always say that <laughs> I thought it was an easy job for him and he was going to end up looking great in the end. So fair play to him. He sorted it all out. And... Um, I don't think, we probably need a couple more points, but when you look at our remaining fixtures, it's difficult, especially with the former in at the moment, not to see us picking up those necessary points to stave off of re- stave off relegation. So um, it's certainly all buoyant at the moment. So we're going to head off to a little jingle and then we will be back with the review of the Arsenal victory. Homestel Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. What? What? We'll start. What a win! What a win! Um, before we get into it, welcome Albert Curley to the call, sir. Hello, mate. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Did you enjoy Monday? Yeah. Sorry, I'm late. But yeah, no, You're Monday. Right. Good. It's all right, wasn't it? Lovely who, weather. Who, who was it keeping you late? Was it Matt Lucas? What, who was it? Well, I work. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, whose fault was it today? Probably Woody Harrelson. 
<laughs> it's always Woody's fault. Always Woody's fault. No, it wasn't Woody's fault. It was my fault. I had to stay behind and sort some stuff out because that's just the kind of guy I am. Very nice. Um, but pleased to have you on. Uh, right, first of all, the the lineup was a bit of a, a little bit of a sly Johan Kabay in there. Nick, was this um, Sam Allardyce's attempt at some Padre mind games? First time I've seen it because I mean, if you listen to the pre pre match press conference, uh. Johan was out, calf injury. I hadn't even given... The, the discussion actually was who was going to be, and I thought it was going to be um, Jimmy Mack coming in for him personally. And then when the lineup came out and we were unchanged, I thought, good move. Because if he was trying to... If he was trying something like that, it's, A, it's not like him, and B, it works a blindly because uh, Johan had an outstanding game, didn't he? He certainly did. Tim, did, would you expect it if Kabaya was out for us to move to a three at the back or would you have would you have swapped him MacArthur as well? Um, I think it would have been MacArthur. I, I don't think he would have played Kelly and Delaney, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. it, it seems obvious that, that Sam prefers Kelly. Kelly back there at the moment. Um, mm. But yeah, I think playing them both might have been a you know, bridge too far. Yeah. Um, I was as shocked as anyone after the game when um, Theo Walcott says that Palace wanted it more from the first whistle. Um, how would you feel if that was one of your players, Matt? I mean, Albert, sorry. Um, <laughs> I think Who's it's... Matt? Oh, yeah, well, there you go. I think, I think I'd think i be just generally annoyed that Theo Walcott was my captain, let alone <laughs> him out of his mouth. Um, yeah, it's, that's a, it's a, bit of a, a bit of a funny thing to say. I know there's... That Walcott's whole statement is very sort of, oh, we're trying to be honest and appease the fans, but he just comes across as just sort of selling the whole team out as mm-hmm. not giving, not giving a shit. Um, so yeah, if that was, if if I was a fan hearing that, I, I wouldn't be best pleased. It's not going to make me feel any more positive towards the side. Uh, and Nick, do you feel like we we did come out the traps fast? And you, did you get that sense that we wanted it from the first whistle more than them? Uh, I thought the momentum was clear to see right from the very from the very early stages we were up we were in their faces we were closing down we were challenging we were harassing haranguing right from the right from the off um normally palace being palace that doesn't make any difference normally the opposition would just take that for the first 10 minutes soak it up go up the other end and score well as we know as was clear to clear to see that didn't happen on a Monday night. We were very, very competitive from a very early, to- early, early point of the game, and I think that was uh, that was actually part of uh, the manager's tactics. That was his, that was his suggestion. That was his ideas, and it, yeah, everything that he tried on the night paid off. You can't argue with it. Mm, certainly did, and um, one of the key battles emerged really early. And we say it was a battle; it was more like a kid um just being bullied by his big brother uh, mustafi versus ben teke um right early doors mustafi seeing back the replays it looks a, a little bit naughty looked like he went over the top of the ball and studs up a bit what what did you think of that battle at the start of the game tim yeah i think being a bit naughty is the right word there it was a couple of challenges wasn't there one after another um, he got a yellow mm. card for one of them um but yeah, uh, he looked a bit out of sorts. Um, not like an Arsenal player at all, in my opinion. Yeah, he was talking about earlier in the week um, how he's not up for physical battles. He actually said this on TV in an interview. <laughs> so um, that's probably not the thing you want to be saying when you're you're facing a Sam Allardyce team on a Monday night and there's a striker as big as Christian Benteke up against you. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, if he if he's got a World Cup winners medal, I, I think we're all still got a shot. So, Terence, <laughs> Terence, I think the uh, I think it's quite a good point to actually now say that both Mustafi and Gabriel were completely exposed, and this is where this is where Wenger's tactics he, he got his tactics completely wrong, and his inability to change it because both the fullbacks, Bellerin and Monreal, uh, were pushing on, and those two mm. were just left completely exposed at the back. And you'd think somebody with his experience, Wenger's experience, he would have seen that early doors and just, you know, closed that gap, left the fullbacks back. But he didn't do it. Now, yeah, I, think, uh, I think they're suffering a similar problem to us that well, well, we, we were suffering up until around January or February where they had just haven't got a sufficient foil in front of the back two. And if they want to play the way that they play, they need someone like that. And Xhaka's just not become that player that they need. And um, without Koscielny back there, they're just not really mobile enough to deal with it all. And um, it looks very weak and it's crying out for a three at the back. But as you say, I think um, Allardyce talks about in his post-match and he aimed to exploit that to get get the wingers in down the sides and suck the centre-backs out of position. And that's, and that's what happened. And um, we benefited greatly, but it was um, the, the first real chance of the game come to Arsenal now, <laughs> Albert. When Sacco is diving towards his goal with the cross coming in, do you, where do you think that's going? Anywhere but it went, but where it went, right? Well, yeah, I'd make you right, but given Sacco's performances over the last handful of games, you sort of have a a bit more faith in that it's, it's, he's going to do something. He's going to do something a bit more sensible, and everything's going to be okay. Spectacular. Yeah, so yeah. is the backwards header was just it was amazing. I thought the way he managed to get it where he did, and then. Um, and something then really important happened. Uh, Hennessy pulled off a save uh, to fingertip it wide at full stretch, unsighted as well. Do you think he makes that save what, as little as a month ago, Albert? Well, no. Yeah, again, it's a similar thing. It's it's he's in a he's in a bit of form, isn't he? And he seems to be getting to things that. But he wouldn't have done, a, a, you know, six weeks ago. A lot of people saying that. I mean, I've never studied the figure of Wayne Hennessy too closely, but he's <laughs> shifted a bit of weight, and you know, maybe he's a bit more mobile. But whatever it is, he's um, he's clearly enjoying himself, and he's maybe got a bit more confidence. And that's only going to put more confidence from us into him, and you know, hopefully, it can be a bit more of a longer term thing. Right, and talking of spectacular with um, Sacco, uh, later on, just, just after we scored, he managed to intercept a cross and then managed to block it when it seemed like it was impossible to get up off the floor in time. And some of the stuff he's just been doing back there is, I know he's only six games in, but for me personally, I think he's surpassed Craig Moore as the best centre-back I've ever seen at the club. So with that in mind, Tim, do you, do you break the bank to get him in the summer? Yeah, I think you've got to break the bank. I think if we need to move on to the next level, which obviously is what Pardew tried to do, we'd, we've got to keep these players. Um, and that includes Wilf as well, uh, Kabaye, Benteke, Townsend. You know, they've, they've proven now, um, you know, what great players they are in the team. And we've just got to, we, if we want to build, we want to move on, then we've got to, yeah, break the bank, like you say. Mm. Well, 17 minutes in. Um... I think we take a deserved lead, really. Um, and looking it back, uh, it's a bit of a the way it ends. The move end is carbon copy of Ben Teke's goal against Southampton. But I thought it was with a bit of a twist because the Southampton one came from passing out the back. Um, this one came with um, a long direct ball into Ben Teke and then uh, working it off of the scraps. And um, I think that showed a lot of versatility in our play across the two games, Nick. And I think that bodes quite well for the future. 
First of all, I'll question the ball up from Wayne. Was Benteke fouling whoever he was in front of him? Mm. I noticed that there there's only one of them going for the ball, yeah. And he was literally leaning straight across the other one. Yeah, it was a great interchange between Andros, Johan, Wilf. Uh, the one point, one note of point there is the ball from Andros Townsend out to Wilf, which was a slide ball across the 18-yard line out to Wilf. For his vision to be able to see that, he was running at the running at the goal with the ball, okay, towards the goal and he obviously clocked out the corner of his right eye that one of his eyes he's seen Wilf on the overlap he put a great ball out to him uh, Wilf put his ball in slipping again uh, and he bashed it into the back net the similarities to the Benteke goal uh, Southampton are there except for I think the uh, Benteke looks a little bit more spectacular because it went into the roof of the net as opposed to into the top of the back of, back of the net that uh, Townsend did on Monday night now, this is a possibility that I might just be going blind, but did the ball go via Kabaya first? Was it Kabaya? So, Townsend Ta- 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 Kabaya, Zaha, yeah, I think it so. Might, it might have been Kabaya that played that ball out to Wilf, but you know, for it to yeah. run along the 18-yard, it might have mm. done, actually, yeah. Yeah. But no, either, either way, I mean, it was um, show some good interchange, and I mean, it's, it's lovely football to create, over, to create those overloads. It's not a mistake. That's stuff that you learn on the training ground. There I go again. <laughs> Sam Adelias <laughs> and Sammy Lee. But um, <laughs> that, those, are, those are shapes that you create on the training ground. And um, it's great, really. I, I, I just can't believe it. Um, celebrating a goal like that. I mean, Andros Townsend, you know, ex-Tottenham, he, he definitely... Deliberately run over towards the Arsenal Arsenal fans <laughs> and had a little little peek, <laughs> a little had a little look at them. Um, what was your feeling like when that went into him? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. Um, and also like Sammy Lee's reaction as well. When you see him on the dugout, like you know, going absolutely ballistic. It's it's great to see like you know. I know obviously they are Palace now, but it, it's just you know they feel like us at the end of the day when the ball goes in the back of the net. And like you say, Townsend in front of the Arsenal fans could have been better for him really. Um, you know, perfect positioning. And what was what was you doing, Albert? Honestly, yeah, I missed the goal because I was in the toilet. <laughs> it's half your life in there, isn't it? What, why good, do you get a, a why do you get a TV screen in there? A good chunk. No, I I, uh, I stepped off to go to the toilet. I came back to uh, the TV and we were one 0 up. And um, so yeah, I didn't get to react to it in real time. But uh, yeah, the replays is it's a fantastic goal, and I think. I think Wilf does incredibly well. There was a bit of a suggestion in the analysis at half time that, you know, he tripped. Did he mean it? Was that a shot? But I think, I think he's, I think he's intended that, and he's, he's only fallen over because he's had to pivot so hard to sort of try and pull it back across the face of the goal. Mm. So I think it's a great yeah. pass, and the finish as well was actually quite smart. When it's you a see. very smart finish. Yeah, nice little lift, isn't it? Yes, right. Um, and then, you know, you expect a reaction from Arsenal, which just did not come. And Benteke uh, almost <coughs> doubles the lead. But it was quite interesting, wasn't it? The way the ball was played into him. And he flicked it when he he should have taken control and turned. But um, the flick eventually found Zaha and Zaha fed him back in. And the goalkeeper made a smart save at his near post. Was that to me? Yeah. Sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, he's now. Uh, he's there, yeah, I know. <laughs> Punch picks the ball up just by the dugout. Straight ball down uh, into Benteke. That back heel uh, was actually then put Wilf out of position because Wilf had to go and chase mm. it and close it down. He did well. He did well because he then put the slide ball rolling to Benteke. He shot 
could he have done better with it? Probably. Okay, but the the initial balling from Townsend, if he'd have turned at that point, pivoted on that at that point, he would have had even more time to get his shot away. Um, probably that would have been the better option. But still, we recovered the situation. Wilf helped it out. Uh, Benteke got his shot away. At least we had another shot on goal. But you've got to realise that we cut, we're, we're fast approaching half-time now. I was actually pissed off at half-time. I was really annoyed at half-time because we should have been two or three nil up at that point uh, and, and thinking, we're playing Arsenal. You know they're going to come back and score at least one, if not two, mm. probably win the game. And we've had the opportunities in the first half to actually put the game out of their reach and we didn't do it. So... Who shows you what I know about football, doesn't it? <laughs> well, um, yeah, we are approaching our time. There's just enough time left for Gabriel to um, head a corner on target, but Hennessy, picture book save, I call it, dives higher way to his left and holds on to it. Um, at half time, Tim, are you worried that we've sort of, you know, peaked a bit too early, run the steam out of the engine, and um, we're going to suffer a bit in the second half through tiredness? Yeah, I must admit, a bit like Nick, you kind of think. Arsenal are going to come out second half all guns blazing um, and give it a white go and that maybe we've missed our opportunity um, but obviously that wasn't to be the case as we came out you know we came out more fired up and uh, we carried on as we left off really which was very very pleasing to see yeah well um, you were watching on the TV you say Albert so um, second half Wilf comes out, holds off the supposed tough man Xhaka in the middle of the park absolutely skins Monreal on the right and um, puts a cross in, Townsend helps it onto Benteke and he shots blocked by Bellerin. Was it great getting all the lifetime replays of Zaha just absolutely making a mockery of Monreal? It was uh, it was a pleasure to watch. I, I, I'm trying not to drink during the week, you know, on a bit of a health kick. <laughs> but I, I thought I was going to enjoy it whilst I could, so I cracked open a couple of beers for the second half and, um, yeah, they, were, they only added to the pleasure. I mean, Zaha is just, I'm getting... Bored of saying it almost. He's just he's just absolutely killing it at the moment. And um, Monday night was another great example. The, the Arsenal boys did not do do with him. We all saw the uh, the looped clip of him drag whatever you want to call it, drag back nutmeg Ozil. Just um, <laughs> yeah. just unbelievable. And uh, yeah, yeah Ozil just, won't be forgetting him in a hurry, will he? No <laughs> As I said on Twitter earlier in the week, I think um, I was expecting Wilfred Zara to post a picture with uh, Ozil's <laughs> World Cup winners medal because he took everything else off of him. <laughs> um, Tim, uh, thanks for laughing. Here. That's very polite. <laughs> <laughs> I was on mute. I did chuckle. I was on mute. <laughs> uh, um, Arsenal bring on Giroud at this point. Does this, does this fill you with fear? Because it oh, does me as a Palace fan. It, it filled me with dread because every time Giroud plays against us, he scores. I mean... He scored that weldy at the Emirates uh, New Year's Day, and you just, oh, when I saw him come, you know, just about to come on, you think, oh, here we go, you know, this is it now. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was literally, I think, Drew come on for literally a couple of minutes, and uh, and that was it. We were back down the other end, and uh, and it was two 0 Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't trust. Um... Giroud in front of the Palace goal and I wouldn't trust him with my missus either that's certainly for sure uh, <laughs> you're right it's a bit strange that they didn't start him and Coquelin if you remember Coquelin at Sellers last year I mean he ripped us a new one I mean he was outstanding but uh, I, I don't understand Giroud, Giroud scored that goal as Tim rightly says at the Emirates and Coquelin did that to us last year and neither of them featured at the start of the game bizarre Coquelin, Coquelin just kicked the crap out of us oh, he didn't rip us in the funny he should have yeah, kicked off. us a new one. Yeah, yeah, and he should have been sent off. You're right. 
Mm. Yeah, but as Tim correctly says, we go down the other end of the score. Now, again, as an if I'm an Arsenal fan in this situation, uh, Joel Wall just loops a long throw up down the touchline and Ben Teke manages to win the ball in the air twice against two Arsenal defenders, sort of getting on the end of his own flick on and um, flicking it down to Townsend, who um, puts it out to Wilf. Nick, when, when the ball comes into Kabaya... Bearing in mind the Kabaya we've seen through the years that he's been at Palace now, he's, you know, he's one of those people, spectacular goals, like montages on YouTube, him scoring all sorts of goals, but he's yeah. he's never done it for Palace. Did you think he had that finish in him? Absolutely not. Um, right, OK. He didn't score that goal, OK? We scored that goal. Now, you were in the crowd. Tim, you were in the crowd. Now, just run with me for a minute. He used to play in you black and run. white. <laughs> <laughs> You run with me. <laughs> yeah, it looked like that's going to happen. Um, we were singing that song, the Kabai song, five mm. minutes before he got the goal, OK? Now, we've been saying that Palace fans have been backing the team, getting out there early, supporting the team. Has it instilled some sort of confidence back in the team? We did it again on Monday night. We were singing a song for Kabai five minutes before he scored. And bugger me, what does he go and do? He goes and scores a goal like that. When I've looked at that replay half a dozen times today, okay, some of me is actually thinking to himself, do you know what? I don't even know if he actually meant to do it. I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think it was a shot on goal. I think he was scooping it up towards the back post. And it went in. And then I've looked at it again. I thought to myself, no, you're being stupid, Phil Pot. Actually, no, he, he was aiming for the top corner. Well, if he did, it was an outstanding goal. If he didn't, I couldn't give a shit because it would put us 2-0 up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from where I was looking, it, it looked like he had a look and just he shaped his body to do what he did. I know he sort of loses his footing as he sorts of um, as he hits it, but I think that just makes it a better finish, really, because he's off balance as he's done it. Um, and obviously, you, you, I think you're right to highlight there that just out for no re- just no reason other than to just praise his shift that he was putting in, the crowd started singing his name, and it went on for a good old time and was very loud around the stadium. And I think his celebration showed how much he appreciated it, the way yeah. he ran over to the corner and um, pulling the shirt out and so on, and looked like, if I'm not mistaken, like to be a little bit of a tear in his eye as well. So. Um, that in mind, Tim, how, how vital has Kabaya come under Adidas? Because since, um, you know, Milivojevic has come in and he's got that fall behind him and he's moved Kabaya further up the pitch. And it's his pressing, I think, that's really impressed me in terms of he he plays elite level football, international level for a very, very good um, international team. And he understands the movement of these elite teams. So I think at a point in the midfield, he can really get in amongst them. So... And again, I've already asked you about Sacco getting him in. Do you think it's just as important to keep Kabaya? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's definitely looking the player now that I was expecting, um, you know, start of last season, to be honest. Um, you know, we heard great things when he was at Newcastle, saw him a match a day a lot. And um, whether it's just he's got better players around him now and, you know, attacking wise, we're just so much more fluid going forwards as well. And it just seems to suit him. He's he's got better players around him. If he's knocking it to Wilf, he knows you know Wilf's going to keep hold of the ball and and Punchin's doing the same. And yeah, I mean, I just think the confidence in the whole team, right up the spine of the team as well. Um, it, it's just grown so much under Adidice. Mm, certainly has. Uh, right, and then it's just a few minutes later. We've barely finished celebrating, celebrating a goal, singing "We Love You," and this yet again another another Christian Benson. 
Teke flick on and this this time it's Townsend who just reacts quickest. I mean Bellerin's caught on his heels and chasing um Albert, did you did you did your beer go all over the living room when he pointed to the spot? When it went over the, about second and a half before he pointed to the spot because naturally you're up leaping about calling for the penalty and uh, yeah, just just from 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 good to better, isn't it? Really, you know that that Kabai goal was something special. Um, I was about to really come in and lambast Phil Pop for suggesting it was fluke until he uh, <laughs> until he made until he made a U turn. <laughs> <laughs> To, to to go to get another to get another chance to you know to really put the game to bed um, was just um, stuff that dreams are made of really it's really just felt you know again watching it at home I didn't really have the atmosphere too much but it was a bit it felt like a bit like another Chris Dan Ball evening you know um, mm. just three right. just three great moments and um, what a penalty I've got two questions for you was it a penalty uh, initially I thought it was and then there's an angle where you think nah, no that's a bit soft he's gone down but then there's another angle which is more from the from the side really and he he, he, he does make contact it's just it's the, it's the old adage isn't it is it has he felt the contact and gone down or is it the contact that's actually made him go down and I think it's probably the former soft but you know he's, he hasn't you know, there's, there's there's a great case for the penalty. To be honest, so, he left his yeah. he left his leg in there for sure. Yeah. And if you look at it again, the goalkeeper actually got nowhere near the ball. So, oh, of yeah. course, you know yeah. this, is, this is what's annoying. If if Eden Hazard does that, he's being clever um, yeah. and anticipating contact. If yeah. you know, if Andros Townsend or any other sort of lower league pl- uh, player does that against someone in the top, I was going to say the top four there, but they're not top four at the moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's it's. It's they've I'm not going to use the word cheated, but they've 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 conned the ref. Um, so it's just double standards, really, and it's no more than we deserved. And second question: Would you be trying to take that ball off of Luka Milivojevic when he's walking towards the spot? Well, again, again on the TV during the, the the whistle goes, the ref points to the spot. Townsend, I think Townsend picks the ball up, and he, and there was a shot on TV of him pointing pointing at himself. Yeah, to sort of say me. And then they cut. They cut to a replay of the incident, and then they cut back to the live feed. And and yeah, Lucas holding the ball. So <laughs> something obviously happened. Yeah, everyone everyone wanted to have a bit of a go, didn't they? Townsend wanted it. Ben Seke wanted it. But um, <laughs> Luca went straight to punching and was like me. <laughs> and then, um, and as you say, it's great penalty. I mean, again, watching the videos on YouTube of him before he arrived, there were lots of penalties in there, um, tucked into the side netting of the net. So I felt pretty confident when he stepped up to take it. Um, I mean, a, there's the smallest of reactions from Arsenal after this. Bellerin lifts the ball over Hennessy, but Kelly does really well at the back post to stop the Giroud. After um, the Southampton game, Nick, were you surprised at Kelly's perfor- level, the level of Kelly's performance in this one? I don't think any of them the, in the Southampton game, uh, I can. I think we can now officially call that one a blip because none of them had a particularly good game at Southampton. Um, even even Sacco didn't have a great game. Um, Martin Kelly, for me, is obviously fancied by Allardyce. He, he likes him st- sitting alongside, I think Albert said it earlier on, uh, oh no, it was Tim, more than Delaney. Um, I thought his performance was good. I don't think... It was very difficult to actually choose a man in the match, if I'm honest with you, because the the whole back four played well. The goalkeeper did his job. He did enough. He didn't. He wasn't outstanding, the goalkeeper, but he did enough. Uh, Punchin, Kabai, and of course Zaha. 
Benteke. Benteke, again, he could still go up another level as far as I'm concerned. Everybody else around him is up in their game. I think Benteke could possibly, you know, he's... He's a little bit lazy, but going going back to Kelly, I thought Kelly's performance was as good as everybody else in that back four. What's quite interesting with Ben Teke is now approaching, actually, winning double the amount of um, headers than the closest person to him in the Premier League, which is quite astonishing. I think he's up to two hundred and sixty aerial duels won this this season. Um, and the next the next one behind him is something like 137. It's just quite an incredible stat, really. And um, probably a little bit harsh on the way that we play as well, because that sounds like we're lumping the ball long all the time, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. Tim, are you happy with Zaha showboating in the corner when it's 3-0 against Arsenal? Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I mean, he's just enjoying his football now, isn't he? He's playing with a huge smile on his face. He doesn't play with any pressure at the moment. And um, I just think he's a top Premier League player now, and I think... Suddenly, everyone's beginning to realise that now. Um, mm. You know, even to the point, I I coach kids at the running club, and even they kind of talk about Zaha. They always wind me up, but you know, oh, Zaha's going to Spurs or whatever. But he's just mm. everyone's taking notice now. Whereas before, it was always a case of, oh, he's not good enough. He, you know, he's he's got no end product. Well, I think he's proven a lot of people wrong now. Yeah, Tell you what, every time right. he does one of those tricks, I'm just going, that's another million. That's another million. <laughs> that's that's another million. Um, right, so Albert, Yo. with that in mind, where 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 does this rate for you as well? We'll stick with. I asked on Twitter earlier where where does this performance rate as um, since we've returned to the Premier League, whether it's the best in the top three for performances or the top five performances, and forty eight percent of the people have gone for top three, with forty percent going as the best. Where, where does it rate for you? Oh, that's a tough one. It's definitely top, definitely in the top three performances. Twelve percent of people said top five. That's quite weird. It's definitely in the top three. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure it's it's the it's the top it's the top top because I'd have to think about that to be honest. Uh, I I still think there's there's performances where it's all subjective, isn't it? Really, because I think there's performances that when when we hadn't spent. 30 million quid on a striker and we didn't have players of Johan Kabay's quality there was there was performances where we you know we really I think like the, the Chelsea the Chelsea uh, John Terry own goal even though we only won it by an own goal we really deserved that I think and there's yeah. just been there's been um, more surprise performances from what, what we can describe as lesser teams or lesser squads that probably make you a bit prouder um, but yeah. that's that's taking nothing away from the the performance on Monday. That was that was a complete performance. Yeah, I thought it was uh, there was an interesting comment on Twitter from uh, Tim Green, and he said it's one of the best executions of a game a game plan I think I've ever seen from us. It was an e- an evening of disbelief, but not necessarily magic though. But Tim isn't um, you know a good performance, any good performance, an execution of a good game plan in the modern game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and also it's the fact we've never beaten Arsenal. Um, in a premier quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. League, um, I can't remember the last time we beat them. Was it in the seventies or something? Or oh, we seventy nine at Selhurst. Yeah. I, I was there. Of course you were. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and, and he was the age I am now. So <laughs> do the math. Yeah, no, I mean this is the thing. It's the caliber of Arsenal, and all right, they had an off day, but I don't think enough credit's been given to Palace really, because um, like I think you said earlier in this uh, podcast, Sam Allardyce got the tactics absolutely spot on to nullify Arsenal um, and they didn't know how to cope with us down the wings so you know as much as Arsenal didn't didn't have a great game um, you know that's more to do with how Padders play really mm. so and what about you Nick where does it rank for you that, since 2013 when I said to you last night that unfortunately I wasn't there for the Chris Ball game that uh, Albert alluded to earlier on um, to me that was probably our best ever performance in the Premier League well I saw the game, I saw the Cristian Ball game live on the telly, but I wasn't at Sellers Park. So for me, that was probably the best all-round team performance. Yeah, I know, and again, some, something that Tim alluded to. I know that Arsenal have got things going against them at the moment. I know there's massive pressures on the manager and everything else, and not enough credit has been given to the Palace performance in the press, but because that was all-round a great performance, and yes, I thought to myself. And I don't think 3-0 flattered us either. I think four, you know, with the chances that we had in the first half, 4-0, even 5-0, if we did take all our chances, wouldn't have been unacceptable because that was the level of the performance. So bring it on. 3-0 flattered them, I think. Um, yeah, I think, you're ter- right. in, I think you're right. In terms yeah. of, for me, Chris Ball was an excellent performance for 15 minutes um, and it was dire before that and we really could have got run over by anything but that says more about the strength that Liverpool had that season going forward. But, um, I mean, it's, it, it is a great all-around team performance. I think um, it's slightly tarnished by the fact that it's against such an out-of-form Arsenal team but I'm not taking any of think away from it. As Tim Green's so we we executed the game plan, and um, but I think in the modern day that's what you're doing to get a good performance. So um, it's definitely, as Albert said, I think it's up there in the top three. But I'd have to have a long sit down and think about exactly where it falls. Um, we'll fit. We'll finish talking about the game there. Um, well, <laughs> from our perspective at least. And then um, up after this short jingle, we're going to have Kenny Ken back, who was on last week, to um, give his Arsenal view on how the game went on Monday. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Kenny, it's Terence from Whole Radio. How you doing, mate? I'm I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Oh, still still smarting, still smarting, still hurting. <laughs> All right, well, look, so it's, it's the first time that Arsenal have conceded three or more in four consecutive away games since 1929. It's the first time Palace have beaten Arsenal at Sellers Park since 1979 and the first time we've yeah. beaten you at all since 94. How you, how are you feeling about those stats? Uh, well, like I said, they always say records are there to be broken. 
But <laughs> I must, I, I, I must say, uh, uh, India Rubber side over Crystal Palace was well and truly extinguished <laughs> on uh, on Monday. I thought, let's be honest. Uh, I, I, I think if I want to look at the positives for Crystal Palace, I think Crystal Palace had a very good game plan, and players that uh, pre- previously criticised, like um, Joel Ward and you know Jeffrey Schlupp, played out their skins. Like um, Jeffrey Sharp um, gave um, Walcott no change. I thought um, Joel Ward um, played Alexis Sanchez very well, and I thought in midfield I thought uh, you know Kabai and um, like I said Pudge were very tigerish. They didn't give us any room, and the ball. I thought your tactics were brilliant. I thought you um, you know us have all that possession, and then when the ball uh, broke in midfield, to use your pace to get out of back four. Mm. So do you think it was a case of Palace being good or Arsenal bad or a bit of both? Well, I think you got to, you got to, for the Palace fans. Obviously, you took the precedent. I think it was a good time to play Arsenal because, um, like I said, uh, not only is uh, we're low in confidence, but uh, we're clearly not playing for our manager. Um, I was I was in the away end, you, you know, getting your lovely hospitality, and um, <laughs> and um, like I said, um, a lot of friends of mine who went to West Brom away, I didn't manage to get a ticket. They said the atmosphere was very bad at our end, but. I can comfortably say that the atmosphere in the away end was absolutely, um, how I say, one of the worst atmospheres because what we witnessed was just not acceptable. Not acceptable. London derby. It's not a case of me feeling that, um, as an Arsenal fan, that I feel in titles that you know that we should just you know turn up and beat Crystal Palace. That's never going to be the case. Because even when we um, played your last two seasons, where we won two one. You gave us a hell of a game, and you you played the uh, very well. I think. Perhaps um, under Pardew, you're a very uh, attacking side as opposed to um, Allardyce where you still play attacking football, you're very organised. But I'm sorry, our performance is not acceptable. You know, to watch players from uh, minute one not um, lose every 50-50, um, our defenders um, not being able to, to defend um, aerial balls, players um, just down in tools. It's, it's, and actually, like they did, they're not playing for their manager. They're certainly not playing for, for the backs. They're not playing for, for the fans. And mm. fortunately, we just had enough. Mm. And, and that's the thing. I would set Crystal Palace, um, you know, like beat, beat us if we if we put in a shift, but not like that. You, you know, we've got. To, you know, you're fighting for your lives. You know, trying to stay in the Premiership. We're trying to stay in the top four. And you think that both sides have had you know something to play for, and it seemed like Crystal Palace was just acting. And, mm. and and that's just factual. If you beat us, if we. If you beat us playing good football, I'll put my hands up, but not like that. Hi, Kenny. Hi, hi, Kenny. It's Nick here. How you doing, mate? You okay? Hey, you doing, Nick? You all right? All right, all right buddy. I've just got a question for you, if you don't mind. Um, we were talking yeah. earlier in the pod, and what, what bemused me a little bit is why Cochrane and why do you think Cochrane and Giroud weren't picked by your manager? What, what was all that about? Bear in mind the worldie that Giroud had scored at the Emirates earlier in the season. Well, I think it was a very much of, um, in terms of Cochrane, Cochrane has, um, has has been a bit of a disappointment in the last two years because um, he was um, promoted um, because of his performance against Man City. But he is now there's certain qualities that Cochrane does not possess. He um, yes, he's very targeted in the tackle and he protects the back four. But it's, but we want a bit more than that. We want a cohesion in the uh, midfield. We want players who who actually is good at distribution. And now when he um, when he played against West Ham last Wednesday, he was able to give the um, midfield um, a bit of structure. Like, he played a little pivot role and it allowed um, Shaka to find space to make those passes. So, it was a no-brainer. And, you know, where I can't, and he 
justified his selection this, uh, on Monday. Him and Morale were the only players who were trying. And in terms of Danny Welbeck, well, it's pace. It's all about pace. Remember, you, Crystal Palace, have not, you haven't got your um, first choice um, centre-backs. Um, Dan was, um, Dan was um, injured because of what happened. Although, he, although he's lost his place, I, I believe, to um, Sacco. And um, Tomkins was injured as well. So you played, you kind of back three with, um, you know, Kelly, you know, Delaney and, 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 and Sacco. So what, 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 we, what we need from Danny Welbeck was to actually not, not only to hold the ball up, but it's actually get behind them, your back four and bring other players at the play. And he did half of that job. He, you know, like I said, um, he like I said, he dragged your def- um, some of your defenders out of um, the cover zone, especially Sacco. And he was, and he was showing for the ball. But again, with Olivier Giroud, he is what he is on the tin. He's held up players are very good. However, he's got no pace. He doesn't get behind the, um, like I said, the centre half. And most importantly, as well, it's it's one of those things where if Giroud's at it, then he then he's fantastic. But when he hasn't been at it, especially when he's come up to sub, he's, he might as well be playing for ten men. So it was completely the right decision. Mm, so going back to um, you know you, you say Cockerland there was. A, bit of thuggish in the tackle and so on it's probably one of the things you were missing but especially in light of Walcott's post-match interview uh, his comments about um, the f- well from the first whistle we wanted it more I mean I know as a Palace fan that would infuriate me well we're very angry with him don't get me wrong we are extremely boiling about that because for him, for, for him Walcott to actually admit that is a disgrace and you know that hasn't gone uh, down well with all the Arsenal faithful because super reasons that it's a London derby, you know, like it's a passion. Your your stadium is one of the most passionate uh, uh, grounds in London. The atmosphere is fantastic. You're playing for your lives, and for him to actually admit the players went up for it, it suggests two things to me: one, that they're on the holidays already; two, that you know they're they're only saving themselves for Wembley in its Man City, and most importantly, they are not playing for their manager. Now these these players like Theo Walcott, Aaron Ramsey, Awobi, uh, Martinez, it's all well and good. They're going on um, you know, to the media, you know, well rehearsed um, nights saying how much they believe in Arsenal Wenger and how much they hate the atmosphere and hate all the process. But where I come from, and I come from the streets of North London, I'm a, uh, from Finchley Park, Highbury sides. If you're gonna talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. And I'm sorry. These players, since Bayern Munich away, have not been playing for their manager, especially away from home. They were a disgrace in Bayern Munich, home and away. At Liverpool, Arsene Wenger's selection um, to the drop Alexis Sanchez played in Liverpool's hands uh, against uh, West Brom. Everyone saw that. I'm sure you watched that before you had your game. It was an embarrassment in terms of set pieces and when we went to one day and not playing. And, and then in London derby, we are basically very easy to beat because what very easy to beat because simple reason is that we're not playing with that sort of attitude. You're not doing the basics. Then teams, regardless of where they are on the table, are going to face their chance against Arsenal. Um, I know you've got, um, like I said, you, I know this is probably a PC thing, and I, and I want to apologise for what I'm going to say. But in the last couple of years, especially this season, Arsenal under Arsenal Wenger is a coach's wet dream and I want to apologise for saying that <laughs> and the reason why I say that now is that you know what you get of Arsenal you know that they're going to dominate possession for 75 minutes 
And the other, in order to do that is that you defend your lines in a lot and give them nothing in the last third. And then when the ball breaks, if you've got pace in your team, yeah. which a lot of teams in the Premiership have, you go at their back four because what will happen is that the full backs will bowl forwards, they'll leave little spaces, they're on the retreat, and everyone knows in football, when you're on your retreat and you're defending on your heels and you're trying to turn back, you're, you're already three yards away from um, your opponents. So a lot of times when teams attack Arsenal on the counter-attack, it's basically like a three or three situation. In some cases, mm. it's a, a three or a two. So and, and that's how you play play Arsenal, especially this season. And when you when you got when you've um, Crystal Palace, when you won four out of your five games, then you're going to be um, supremely confident. And, and you know, mm. it's one it's one of those things. Like Arsenal scare no one. We don't scare no one. I'm sure when you play Crystal um, Tottenham Hotspur on the 26th of um, April, I'm very sure that Spurs will not give you be generous in the, mm. with the amount of pace space um, they, they're going to give you and um, they're going to make, they're going to make themselves very difficult to beat and who knows they're going to go for the title and I mm. obviously um, change the subject um, slightly <laughs> I wish you the best of luck against Tottenham so I'll be rude for you <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll, be in, um, I'll be at the Emirates because uh, um, we'll be playing Leicester because she, the second part of our humiliation is, is that Sky have decided that they did no longer want to uh, televise our match against Leicester City. They got a much bigger uh, match to televise it across the um, pond in South in Croydon, i.e. Spurs versus Palace. Mm. So that's another thing that's um, really uh, getting up my nose. <laughs> so, but you were at the game last night, and um, or two nights ago, as it was now. Um, yeah. You're not fit to wear the shirt. I heard coming from the away end. Um, was you was you singing along with that? Well, well, like I said, I was, remember um, what it is is that I was with some very good friends of mine. They they are they are actually um, behind Arsenal Wenger. They understand the, the change for need um, need for change, but I don't, I don't think they were very appreciative of the fact that um, you know that the players were getting the bird. But I think they very much understood it because it happened definitely near me. There was an instance well, with three 0 down when Bellary went and got the ball. And um, for a throw in, and our fans were giving the ball back, and we gave him the actual bird. And then when he came up, when the, after the final whistle, when some of the players uh, came over, Alexis Sanchez uh, made himself stay. So he made the half hearted attempt to, um, you know, clap us off, which is very rare for Alexis Sanchez because we, we lose a draw. Alexis Sanchez normally goes straight down the tunnel, but he decided to uh, give us a little wave, made himself scarce, which is probably uh, the wisest thing he's done in, in the last few months. And, Hector Bellerin, poor Alexa Bellerin, got the brunt of it because he normally comes towards us and we just, you know, where I was, he actually got a mouthful of abuse. It seems that he's um, the poster boy for uh, uh, for the fans' criticism because he's lost form uh, since, the turn, mm. since he's come out from injury. Yeah. The big and, thing and, for him and, as well, though, is he's he's so exposed by the by the game plan, by Wenger's game plan, yeah. him and Monreal, yeah, yeah. they're just they're fighting a losing battle for me. Especially well, against the likes of Townsend and Zaha. Well, I think the thing is, it's all about selection, really. If you you got look, you look at the situation, right? Is that normally last season when Alexis Sanchez was playing at, um, in front of Morel, he gave Morel a lot of protection, a lot of protection, and um, we had them players like Cochrane who would tuck in when Alexis Sanchez was um, on his little walkies. But this season, what was happened? We played Alexander Iwobi in that sort of left-hand position because we um, played Alexis Sanchez up front where he, I believe he should have been paid 
and we pay for that this season because um, Alexander Wobi has got two things wrong with him. He's, he's a finishing, he's not up to required standard yet, and his fitness is, is a concern as well. So it's basically with Alexander Wobi, he's a 2S. So in terms of that, poor old uh, morale was being left exposed. And we tried the Kira Gibson episode, the Kira Gibson just can't defend. But in terms of um, Hector Bellerin, it's not a case of Hector, it's not a case of, um, of him being exposed. He's just really been off form. Like for instance, he's he's tried to um, use the fact that he's got a lot of pace, and usually that used to get him out of trouble in defensive situations. But this season, it was, I think his um, demise started. A, against Bournemouth this season where he was, he was responsible for basically all their goals when we drew 3-3. And since then, it's been a downturn. You know, there was a situation against Chelsea where I felt he should have been strong enough with, with Alonso, but he basically got into the... I think if he got a bit early, you know, like I said, got in front of him, I think he he would have cleared that. And since then, it's just been a, a Daryl spiral. And against a team like Crystal Palace, if... Um, you know, like if, if um, he doesn't get his cross in and the ball breaks, then what will happen is that, you know, Townsend, we, you know, just run into a lot of space and he did. Yeah, and I know it probably burns you a little bit, Townsend getting the first goal. <laughs> no, <laughs> right no, sure. but, but, I'm, I'm, Well, it's funny to say that. I, I'm, I'm very good. I'm actually uh, get on very well with his father, um, Troy. Oh, okay. very, yeah, because um, the Townsend's come from a family of Spurs fans and um, Townsend's a you know, Spurs through and through, and so is his dad. But in terms of Andrew Townsend, I was, it, it, you know, I've got no problem with him, I suppose. I suppose it's because I like his dad a lot. His dad's a very nice man. He does a lot of uh, good work for the kick it out. But mm. I, I was more angry at the fact that, you know, we went down a goal, we went a goal down, and I just felt that, especially away from home, you scored a first goal against Arsenal, you're halfway there towards winning the match. Mm, yeah. Well, Kenny, look, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts on the game with us. I know it couldn't have been no that problem. easy for you. And, it wasn't um, easy, but, you know, uh, I, I like to think that, um, you know, like I said, in your other matches, I, I, I like to see, I know you motivated yourself for his arsenal, but I would like you to put the same sort of effort and endeavour and quality when you play Spurs. It's, yeah. it's only fair, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. like I said, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, you, I know a lot of um, Crystal Palace fans like the meltdowns that we have on, uh, on a particularly one of our fan channels. So I, I just hope that, you know, your fans will be motivated to, you know, put one over Spurs. Please, well, we'll, please, please. We'll certainly be trying, <laughs> we'll certainly be trying, Kenny. Look, thank you so much, mate. And um, we'll we'll be in contact next season when hopefully it's Definitely. happier times for you, pal. <laughs> well, if, as long, well, as long as uh, it, it, I'll be much happier when um, Arsenal is replaced and we get, mm-hmm. we actually, you know, look like a football team and get some proper coaching. I mean, and who knows? We might. Who knows? The players might respond to a different voice. Well, Alan Pardew's still available, so fill your boots. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. No, thank you very much. No, thank you very much. I think Alan. I don't, for a start, I don't like. I don't particularly like managers doing like trying to do dad dancing after premature oh, dad yeah. dancing after after the goal. I know that hurts a lot, but it was good TV when he did that. Yeah, well, I still have nightmares about it. Kenny, until next season, sir. Take care. Cheers, Kenny. I'm honoured. Thanks for having having me on. Thank you. No worries, pal. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. Bye. Homestel Radio. Preview podcast. Sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, so now it's... um... 
back down to earth and back to regular business of um, previewing, uh, which will be a, a lot shorter this week, I assure you. Don't want to keep you for much longer. Um, right, so we've won more home games in the last three than the previous 13. So, Tim, is it is, is Fortress set us back? Uh, I don't know about the word fortress, but certainly we're playing more to our strengths now. Um, and we're playing so much more confidence and uh, the front players certainly are on fire um, and we look very solid at the back. So um, certainly I'm, I'm believing now, whereas there was a time five, six weeks ago where I was dreading home games. At least now I'm at a point where, you know, I've got a bit of faith again, a bit of confidence in the team. Yeah, I think it's certainly a step back to what, if if there is any Palace way, this is probably the Palace way in terms of playing on the counter through the flanks with flair. Um, well, that was a lot of FL words there. I'm surprised I got it out. <laughs> um, Albert, um, will this game plan work as well against a team like Leicester as it did against Arsenal? Uh, probably not. I think we'll probably have to work even harder against a team like Leicester. You know, they've since they've made their uh, controversial managerial change, they've sort of gone back to the team that looked like, you know, the team that won the season. Sorry, the team that won the league last season. They won the uh, season. <laughs> they, they did. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a tougher test than Arsenal. And I think that's um, that's a sad indictment on the Arsenal team at the moment. Not, I'm, I'm more scared of Leicester than I am of a very flaky Arsenal team. So, but, you know, having said that, you know, as we record this, they're they're currently losing to Atletico Madrid. So I'd like to think that they're going to chuck all their eggs into that and come back knackered, or maybe with a few knocks, and we can get something out of them. Yeah, so I think that's probably quite important, isn't it, Nick? That they're playing as we record right now, where um, Wilfred Zaha's tweeting videos of Stormzy. <laughs> yeah, Wilf sitting at home with his feet up, resting, and I'm watching it live as we as we're talking. Uh, they are one 0 down. They're still in the game, so they're chasing the game. And when they come back, don't forget we're playing them on Saturday. When they come back, uh, let's hope they're they're going to drop uh, rest a few players in readiness for their return fixture. Yeah, I mean this. This is certainly what we want. We want them to be having a having a game. We don't, you know. Absolutely, I don't want. If they, if they go and get tanked three 0 yeah. yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so I think that's really really important. Um, in the uh, review of the Arsenal game, I didn't talk about a man of the match because um, I want to talk about Andros Townsend here, and I think he was a clear man of the match. I know that's probably quite controversial because um, it was very tight run thing on the Crystal Palace Twitter account when the vote came out um, I didn't get a chance to look at the BBS one to know what it was there um, I find it amazing really that you know it's it's been reported that he has a slight heel injury and that he left the ground on crutches on Monday night but only as a precaution um, I can't believe that I'm about to say that Andros Tanzend if he doesn't play on Saturday is going to be a huge loss for us because when we go back to January um, the West Ham away game I've I've put it into my match report after the Arsenal game in that West Ham game I was literally talking about him being potentially the worst especially pound for pound signing that Crystal Palace have ever made for how bad he is but Tim can you believe this turnaround no I mean wasn't it at Bournemouth as well when it was transfer deadline day there was all this talk that mm. he weren't even gonna be at the club and yet he played that night and um, he's just been a transformation really um and and it just makes such a difference, especially when you've got Wilf on fire as well and you've got another outlet with Townsend. I mean, um, you know, he's running past players now. He's getting the ball in the box. When he's having a shot, it's, you know, looks like he's going to hit the target now. 
Um, he's just losing confidence as well. And again, he's playing with a smile on his face, just like Wilf is, and it's just a dream to watch. Yeah, Albert, it was really refreshing to um, see that he sort of has it in his head now that there's a plan. Benteke is going to peel away to the far post and Townsend's going to lift it up to him. And um, with Morgan out, I think that could cause some lesser some problems on the weekend. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a real a real battle. Benteke up against, um, again, I'm assuming Hoof's going to play. Um, you know, he, he loves a bit of rough and tumble. I think Benteke's just got to carry on. I think, I think he just, he, I, I still think Benteke's is a bit short on credit, really. I think he, um, a few people still use the L, L word, and I think I think Nick Nick even dropped the lazy bomb on him a bit earlier. I think you know. You wash your mouth out. You did. <laughs> I did not. You did. I said I think he could uplift his performance, like all you the said. Up, up his work rate. You said. Well, where's the L word in that? Well, uh, <laughs> I feel I'm, I'm coming around to do your car windows in a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's. Uh, so I, th- I think you know Townsend had the potential. I remember we were talking about. I think as yes, Tim just referred to that. You know, there was talks that deadline day move out, and at the time, I didn't. I didn't think that would happen because you know he's clearly got the potential, and inconsistency was, has always been his problem, and that's why he's found himself at teams like Newcastle and, and now with us. Um, so if, if he can keep it up between the ends of the season, I think that you know it could, it could turn into money well spent. And um, it's nice to, like you say, it's nice to see him playing with a smile on his face because he, you know, he, he was a bit sulky for a good six months. Yeah, well, like you say, the money well spent is um, he's now putting him himself into contention for signing of the season. Really, when you, um, I suppose, into the bracket with Milivojevic and Sacco in his short loan stint as just quite astonishing how he's turned around his performances. Uh, Tim, if he doesn't uh, play, who do you bring in? Um, the thing is, you don't really want to mess too much with the formation at the moment, but I'm guessing you're going to have to to a degree. Um, I'd probably move Punchin to a more wide position um, and then perhaps bring MacArthur in um, to you know, play in that middle role where Punchin's been playing or, or maybe push him further back and perhaps put Kabai um, near the top. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see how he does change with the shape because there's certainly, you know, MacArthur can pull out wide left as well, but obviously you're going to lose a bit of pace whether you're playing Punchin down there or MacArthur down there. Um, Nick, can you make any argument for Bakary Sacco? No, but I could make an argument for Chung Yun Lee down the left. So make it. So I think that's, you know, because Tim's point about we don't want to change the formation greatly, um, I would be tempted to bring in MacArthur. He's quite right. Um, but the alternative to that is you just do a straight swap. And I actually don't think the, I don't think any of this will happen. I think it'll be another bit of a red herring that um, the manager's put in, a bit like the Johan red herring. Um, if he does do it, okay, I, th- I think Chungi could go down the left and just as a direct replacement for... Uh, Townsend, but I'll be very surprised if we don't go into Saturday's game with an unchanged formation. Yeah, so based on uh, the performance against Arsenal from Martin Kelly, Albert, do you um, do you put Tompkins back in if if he's fit, or do you give Kelly another another chance in there? Stick with it. Stick with it. Don't change it. Don't change it. What? Well, what? I, I mean, I'm certainly. I, uh, 
you know, it's only the Southampton game where we've conceded since uh, Saka arrived at the club. And I think him and Tompkins have built up a really, really good partnership in there. And I'd be keen to see that continue. And with the Southampton game in mind, um, the bit of a he's had a bit of a rick you know, in that game, you know, Kelly. And I know he's come back strong against Arsenal, but I think he's still got that in, in him at the moment. So I'd I'd probably be inclined to bring Townsend, uh, Tompkins, apologies, back in. If he is fit, Terence, um, I think there's another one worth thinking, talking about there quite quickly. Is I noticed uh, Patrick Van Arnholt's back in full training, and the uh, other one I'm, I'm very pleased to see today is that um, Suarez is is also back in light training as well. He's actually running now, so yeah, things I, bode I think, well. Yeah, I think Suarez is still very, very long term. I can't, yeah, I can't see. I can't see Suarez playing for us in 2017. Um, he's, he's got a long way to go to get back from that, but it was great to see him actually running on grass. You know, that's um, just just for him as a person. He seems like such a nice guy. Every time you see videos of him, he's, he's such a nice bloke. And it's just for his mental state to be able to get back into any sort of position. I mean, if he if he can get back to Premier League standard, that's that's great. That's really, really great for him. But I think at the moment it's just more about getting back to being able to live and live a life, you know, more than anything after having such a horrific injury. But Tim, um, bringing it back to the game, it's, it's interesting again because Schlupp, uh, even Kenny Ken, the Arsenal fan there, mentioned that he thought Schlupp played out of his skin on Monday night. Uh, but Van Arnholt has played well also since he's been there. So does does he slot back in or do you um, leave Schlupp in there? Um, I'm a bit like you. I think you've got your probably preferred back four, um, which would include Van Aanholt. Um, and I would also bring Tompkins back if he's fit. Um, if there's a fitness doubt, then fair enough, leave Kelly in. Um, but I think you've got to put your best your best personnel out in those positions because, like we say, Sacco's brought, um, got some kind of understanding there with, with Tompkins. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'd put Van Aanholt, he's... Before his injury, he was he was absolutely flying, wasn't he? So, um, you know, I think Schlupp's a good player, but I think he's he's a better backup player, to be honest. Okay, right. So, predictions. Let's let's get these out there. Right. Uh, stop. Now, stop there. Okay. <laughs> Don't you dare predict a Palace win on Saturday, you. Okay. Because <laughs> you know what's coming next. I, I predicted a winning margin of three goals on the last preview pod. <laughs> I mean, I might have said 4-1 to Arsenal, but um, don't worry. My, my my prediction is safely negative. So we'll start with you, Albert. What do you, th- what do you think the score is going to be? Um, I'm going to go for a very frenetic 2-2 draw. Okay. Who's, who's, who's going to bag for Palace? I think Benteke will score and uh, Zaha because he's just he's just smoking hot at the moment. Smoking hot, um, Tim. I'm going to go for a two 0 win, um, and I think Benteke will score and Zaha as well. Okay, and Mr. Philpot. <laughs> I Be also. No, I think a 2-1 victory. Um, I'm sure I predicted uh, Luca to score the other night as well. Um, Luca to score one and who for the other one? No, Andros Townsend to score the other one. Okay. Um, 
three one Leicester. Jamie Vardy to score a hat trick. <laughs> right move. The correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll end that there. We'll be back after this short jingle. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Okay, that's that's almost it. We've we're at the end. It's been a slog tonight. It has been a slog. Thanks to Kenny Ken once again for joining us, and as always to Billiam. Welcome back, sir, and thank you for making this listenable for everybody. Um, the Leicester Review Show will be back live on Sunday night. Hambo will be whipping Nick Gussett, Patrick O'Connor, and Ed Kellaway into shape. You can head over to holradio.net at 8 p.m. on Sunday night or facebook.com forward slash whole radio to listen live. Alternatively, the podcast version of the show will be available from around 10 p.m. Um, before we sign off fully, Tim, I believe yes. you're running the marathon. I am indeed. I am indeed. London so, Marathon. In how's West training Central. going? Very well. It's gone um, textbook this year, so I'm hoping for a good time. Good time on the day. If it was Are as simple as reading t- a textbook, I'd give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how's the training been going? You f- you're feeling good? Strong? Yeah, good time? Yeah. yeah, put all the miles in. Um, done all my long ones. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm fighting fit and ready to go, to be honest. I'm in my taper time, so it's a little bit difficult at the moment because you want to go out running, but you're supposed to bring it all down a notch. So... Yeah, just chomping at the he, bit, really. He, he got all tactical there and all technical, I'm no, like Jamie, no Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville. Yeah, it's like, tapering, it's like Monday tapering, night tapering. football. What's all that about? He's got a, a touch screen in front of him. Um, and are you doing it for charity or just for yourself? No, just for fun, believe it or not. Just for fun. Well, next time you do it, make sure you do it for the Palace for Life Foundation. Yeah, we'll <laughs> um, do. Get, get some funding into them. And um, Albert and Nick, thank you for supplying your dulcet tones this evening. Of course, until the next time. Up the Palace. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast. Sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.